It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And guess what? This episode is presented by Patreon.com slash RT Media. What is that, you might ask? It is studs only. Absolutely love all the patrons that support the RT Media podcast family. And the Slack channel, whether it's betting discussion, fantasy discussion, just topics from the show, it is awesome. I mean, it is on fire these days. Check it out. Support the show, patreon.com slash RT Media. Joe, let's start episode two with the Dolphins at the Colts, that high-flying Dolphins offense that, of course, after their first win, loses Mark Walton for four games and Preston Williams for the rest of the season. Oh, what a heartbreaker for the Dolphins. And, you know, this is – last week was an example of two teams going in opposite directions. And I, I'm of the mind that you can't really evaluate Brian Flores by, like, the schemes on the field. Uh, we know this is not a good roster. What you can evaluate is the effort of the guys that are playing for him. And that is a high-effort team that ra- that's rallying around. And, and in that case, Brian Flores, in my opinion, has done a good job essentially coaching a team that's designed to lose. But the design to lose is unfortunately – uh, well, the football gods took over some of that because right after they won, they lost two of their best offensive players. Now, apparently they knew about the Walton suspension, uh, but unfortunately I have zero interest in playing Kalen Balazs. I think he's just really just not a very good football player. Um, so I'm probably staying away from that. The one guy in a deeper league I would take a look at over the next four weeks is Miles Gaskin, the rookie running back out of Washington. I'm not picking him up and starting him this week, but if you're in a deeper league, 14-teamer with a deep bench, dynasty league, keeper league. Might be worth an ad to see if he gets some touches here behind Kalen Balaj. I would be interested in seeing that. In the passing game, Devontae Parker is probably going to get the shadow coverage of Pierre Desir if Desir is healthy enough. Um, because with no Preston Williams, um, I would think Parker's really their only threat. Um, Albert Wilson's probably going to get a few more snaps, Jakeem Grant, but none of these guys outside of Parker are fantasy relevant. Parker's on the wide receiver three range for me. There is one guy, though, who I think is now starting to come into his own just a little bit. He's owned in about 5% of fantasy leagues. He had six catches for 95 yards last week. Over his last four games, he's caught 15 of 20 targets. It is, it's a position that takes a long time to learn sometimes at the NFL because you have to learn about the blocking schemes, the passing game, and the run game. And he's a guy who was kind of a, took a little bit of time in college as well. That's Mike Kosicki. The second-year player out of Penn State had, had his best game of his career last week, and there is no reason for the Miami Dolphins to not get him more targets with Preston Williams now out for the season. I would anticipate Mike Kosicki to be the second-leading target getter on the Miami Dolphins the rest of the season behind Devontae Parker. Wow. I like that. He's definitely a very naturally gifted um, in terms of he's his ability to run and catch. more athlete than football player, right? But he's starting to figure it out. Uh, there was a time there when it looked like, oh, my God, I can't believe they took this guy over Dallas Goddard and people are freaking out about it. But 
uh, it looks like he's starting to figure it out a little bit, Ross. And now the Dolphins don't. What do the Dolphins have to lose? Football games? They're already one and seven. They're designed to lose football games. Mike Gesicki's going to get a ton of targets from here on out. He is somebody to consider if you're struggling at the tight end position. They're playing the Colts, and uh, we don't know again right now whether or not it's going to be Hoyer or Brissett. I guess my question would be, does that really change anything for you either way? Well, Vegas thinks it does because Vegas doesn't have a line for this game right now uh, because uh, because of the Brissett injury. I think the Colts might look at this and say, we should be able to win this game with a veteran quarterback at home, and they're going to hold out Brissett. That would be my expectation right now. It doesn't look like it's a particularly serious injury. But as you mentioned, I mean, Brian Hoyer did all right last week. He had a couple of turnovers. The interception was was a bad one, but it was also a great play by uh Minka Fitzpatrick uh, Hoyer had just thrown a touchdown to Jack Doyle on that skinny post and he thought he had it again and Minka Fitzpatrick was like no you don't and then he intercepted the ball and ran it back for a touchdown uh, so that was just good uh, play recognition by Minka Fitzpatrick but Hoyer throws for three touchdowns Zach Pascal has been a really really good weapon for this offense of late uh ty hilton's probably gonna miss this game um it looks like uh, i think adam sheffer reported last week that, that was a three-week injury um uh, unfortunately if Brissett doesn't go you're you're worried about pascal but pascal did have five for 76 and a touchdown he led all of their wide receivers with a 94 percent snap rate he's now topped 11 fantasy points in four of his last six games brian hoyer needs to throw the ball to somebody uh, and this is not a Dolphin secondary that's going to hurt Zach Pascal. It's a great matchup. I think he's great for DFS this week. Uh, so whether it's Hoyer, whether it's Brissett, it doesn't really matter to me. Zach Pascal is going to be a core DFS play for me in this matchup. I don't think T.Y. Hilton's going to play. Oh, and by the way, uh, Paris Campbell, the rookie receiver, just broke his hand. So there's more targets that need to be filtered the way of Zach Pascal. Um, anything else that should be said about the Colts, whether it's tight ends, running backs, Marlon Mack is going to be a core DFS play this week for a lot of people. Uh, the Colts are, the Colts are, whether it's Hoyer or it's, it's Brissett, they're going to be home favorites. And you would anticipate this will be a 20 plus carry game for Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack and Derrick Henry are actually very similar for fantasy. It just so happens the Colts are a slightly better team offensively but for fantasy they're very simple like they're they're 20 yard 20 carries and you hope they get a touchdown rams steelers rams coming off a bye what do you got there joe uh well the question is does brandon cooks play uh he had his second concussion of the season and while every concussion is something that you have to take uh, case by case every every concussion is unique we still don't know a lot about them if we compare it to Sterling Shepard, who suffered his second concussion of the season, and now we're wondering if we're going to see him again, there is a chance Brandon Cooks does not play in this game. And if Brandon Cooks does not play, uh, Josh Reynolds is going to get snaps. We actually saw him catch a touchdown uh, of, before the bye here with Brandon Cooks out of that game. So keep an eye on that situation. This Steelers secondary is really tough, of course, though. And with Minka Fitzpatrick, now I've I've made the argument that this is a that was a bad trade for the Steelers, but Minka Fitzpatrick has essentially won them two games the last two weeks. So he's making me eat my words. This is a tough Steelers secondary. I would actually anticipate this is a tough sledding game for the entire Ram offense. Does that mean you're benching Cooper Cup? No. Does it mean you're benching Robert Woods, who's been a huge disappointment? 
No, it doesn't mean those things, but they're probably some people you have to temper expectations for. And that includes Jared Goff. Okay. Um, what about the running backs? What about what else yeah. we got going here? Uh, this is this is a big watch it and see type of game in the backfield for me because I've been of the mind that Daryl Henderson is far more explosive than Todd Gurley at this stage. I think Daryl Henderson could potentially be a league winner if Todd Gurley's role shrinks. The question is, does Malcolm Brown come back and muddy things up? So as we sit, the only guy in this backfield you can play is Gurley, but it's evident he does not have the explosiveness and he doesn't have the role in the passing game that made him a fantasy superstar. So he's just an RB2 at this point for me. And I'm watching Henderson and Brown to see what's going on behind him. Uh, on the other side, the Steelers, uh, they were throwing the ball to Jalen Samuels a lot. Yeah, Jalen Samuels got a ton of targets. Uh, we'll see what happens with James Conner. I actually talked to Jalen Samuels on SiriusXM, and he's like, look, I, I understand how people view me after I came out of college, but he considers himself a running back. But this is what people – when people were drafting Jalen Samuels around the 8th, ninth, 10th round in August, even with James Conner going in the second round, this is what people anticipated. He has a role as a pass catcher that could be very, very effective, even independent of James Conner. So if James Conner doesn't play, Jalen Samuels, fire him up yet again as a PPR RB1. Uh, I love I love that uh, that that play because I, I really don't like the matchup for Mason Rudolph. Going against Aaron Donald and company, and then of course that secondary that has Jalen Ramsey. The question is, if they move Juju into the slot, does Jalen Ramsey see a lot of Deontay Johnson? Does he see a lot of James Washington? I wouldn't feel comfortable playing either of those guys given uh, the presence of Jalen Ramsey. And Juju, even if I do expect him to move into the slot, well, he hasn't exactly been getting it done on a consistent basis either. So he's a wide receiver three. Mason Rudolph I'm not considering after he threw for just 191 yards on 35 pass attempts last week. So ultimately, this is a backfield or bust type of game for the Steelers for me. Maybe with a, a look to Vance McDonald, the tight end, who scored a touchdown last week. Let's get to what, what I think is the best of the late afternoon games, the Panthers at the Packers. Cam Newton on IR. This will be Kyle Allen's team. What do you see from Kyle Allen and the Panthers' offense against the Pack? Well, it was good to see Kyle Allen bounce back and play well against a pretty tough defense. Um, now, Allen completed just 17 of 32 passes, but he did throw for 232 and two touchdowns after, I believe, being picked off on his first uh, series against the Titans. So, Kyle Allen, now he knows it's his job. You know, he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. I expect Kyle Allen to come out and play a solid game. Now, on the road, eh, I'm not terribly enthused by him in this spot. I'm not really looking to play him for fantasy. Um, DJ Moore had his first 100-yard game of the season last week. Uh, you would expect Jair Alexander is going to see a lot of him. I think Alexander is a beatable player, but he's a good one. So I think both Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are on the wide receiver three type of range here. Um, certainly uh, certainly guys who I kind of liken them almost to the Titans pair of guys. The, the, you, ne you never really know which one to play, but they're guys you can plug in and hope that they make a big play or two. And then obviously... Christian McCaffrey, you just start him every week. Uh, his DraftKings price is outrageous right now. They've bumped him up to 10.5K, which, I mean, it, it 
they're they're basically making it prohibitive to play him. But you know you're going to get rewarded each and every week if you do play him. I mean, he's somebody who's who's a threat to score three touchdowns every game. Um. Yeah, I mean, what what else, what else is there to say about the Panthers? Anything? Uh, Greg Olson is like the single most boring player in all of fantasy football, but he's usable. Uh, last week, he caught three passes for 40 yards. There's actually guys at the tight end position I'd prefer to take a shot on, though. I even, like, I'd rather play Mike Kosicki than Greg Olson. I, I just feel like there's more upside there. All right. And then for the pack, that was a very surprising and disappointing performance for them. It was a burn the tape game. And it's and people, of course, are going to be for, oh, Aaron Rodgers, eh. I think they'll bounce back this week. I truly do. Uh, worth pointing out that that uh, the Panthers gave up two touchdowns to Derrick Henry last week, including a long receiving touchdown. Not only do I think this is a bounce back game for Aaron Rodgers, I think it's a bounce back game for Aaron Jones. I, I think he is a guy who I will be comfortable putting into my DFS lineups this week coming off of that crappy game. They're 5.5 to 6-point favorites against Carolina. They should be playing from ahead. Aaron Jones is a top-five option at the running back position this week. You could fire Devontae Adams back up. He had just seven catches for 41 yards on 11 targets. But again, I think that was a burn-the-tape style of game for the Packers. I expect a bounce back from this entire offense. Uh, I do want to point this out, though. There is no other wide receiver you can play here outside of Devontae Adams. It's Adams, and then they're just they're just rotating guys. It's been a really disappointing season for Valdez Scantling. Alan Lazard has kind of overtaken him in a way. Wow. Okay. Um, are we good to move on to the Vikings-Cowboys then in your mind? We are, and that's a good game. Yeah, Sunday night football. Let's go with the Vikings. Uh, they didn't get it done against the – Chiefs and Adam Thielen's out. One of my real pet peeves is when they have a guy come back from a hamstring injury, especially on a short week like that before he's ready. Now he's aggravated. I personally wouldn't expect to see Thielen until after the Vikings bye, Joe. What does that mean for them from a personnel standpoint? Well, this Dallas defense doesn't really scare me a whole lot. Uh, the one thing that they did do was pressure Daniel Jones last week. And as you saw, Kirk Cousins, if you can get in his face and if you can get in his face and you can force him um, to get off his spot early, you can make him uncomfortable. And I think we saw that against the Chiefs. He's kind of one of those guys where if you if you get him off his spot in the first quarter, you feel like, ooh, this is going to be one of those Kirk Cousins games where you don't know where the ball's going. As a result, Stephon Diggs has just four receiving yards in that game. Even with Adam Thielen leaving early, I would anticipate Stephon Diggs gets his against the Cowboys. I'm going to pre predict he goes up and over 100 yards in this game. Even with Byron Jones following him around, I think Diggs goes for up and over 100. With no Thielen, I'm not expecting him to play either. This is a Stephon Diggs and Dalvin Cook game from my perspective. I think those two guys are going to be the focal point of the Vikings offense. They are every week, but I think more so in this game. My prediction, official, is that both Stephon Diggs and Dalvin Cook get over 100 yards from scrimmage in this game. Wow. Okay. That sounds good to me. Anybody else in the Vikings? I, I guess that's pretty much everything. That's about it for the Vikings. Um, maybe you take a shot on Ola B.C. Johnson if you're desperate for a wide receiver. As we've mentioned on these two podcasts this week, there are six teams on by. There are a lot of good players on by. You might be uh, – you're going to be in a spot in, in some of your leagues where you're playing somebody – that you're not comfortable playing. If Phelan doesn't go, Ola B.C. Johnson, who scored a touchdown last week, uh, scored in two of his last three games, he's somebody you could take a shot on.
Cowboys. Uh, they got a bunch of guys involved. Amari's a stud. Gallup made a play. Zeke was unstoppable. They should throw the ball to Jarwin more. What do you got? Yeah, so here's here's the deal. They're one of those narrow fantasy teams, and the guys that you can consider are all guys you want to play every week. Tough matchup against the Viking defense, but they are at home. So Dak Prescott, probably back end of your top 10, but he's been a good fantasy quarterback this year, and because he's at home, I feel a little bit better about it. Zeke, yeah, I mean, you just lock him in each and every week. Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper, these are the two focal focal points for me because as good as this Viking defense can be, I, I have problems with their secondary because I don't think Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes can really run with these Cowboys receivers. So those are the two guys who I'm focusing on here. I project, I, I project both of them to get seven, eight targets in this game. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to have more success throwing the ball than running it in this one, even though you're playing Zeke anyway. Um. Yeah, what what else for the Cowboys in particular? Um I want I want to know about Jarwin because like he has more juice than Witten. Uh, Witten is another one of those guys. He's like Greg Olson. I would rather take a shot on a Mike Kosicki than playing Jason Witten. Wow. All right. Um let's get to Monday night then. It is the Seahawks at the Niners. Awesome Monday night game. How about this slate of primetime games this week? Chargers Oakland on Thursday. That's a fun one. Divisional game. Minnesota Dallas is going to be pivotal in the NFC playoff race. And then we have a game that might decide the the NFC West. This is a the NFL. We've had a lot of bad primetime games, Ross. Not this week. We got some good ones. No, you're right. Um, let's start with the Seahawks. Pretty narrow. Yeah, exactly. Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson. Start them all. I don't care against who. This is a tough matchup. Um, it, maybe if you have like a Lamar Jackson, uh, C, uh, Russell Wilson decision, you play Lamar Jackson. But, I mean, these are guys. Tyler Lockett's a wide receiver two at worst. DK Metcalf is a high-end wide receiver three. Chris Carson gets too many carries to bench any week. And Russell Wilson's the NFL MVP right now. So you start those guys. The one guy I do want to keep an eye on, and I'm not really playing him this week, but just keep an eye on it. He scored two touchdowns, and while tight end touchdowns are sometimes fluky, Jacob Hollister did play 80% of the snaps last week, and he scored two touchdowns. He has overtaken Luke Wilson as their number one tight end. So just keep an eye on Jacob Hollister from from the uh, Seahawks. But against this good 49er defense on the road, I'm not really uh, excited about playing him. Okay, yeah, that's a good note. Um, What about the Niners on the other side? Well, this is a good week for Jimmy Garoppolo if you need a streaming quarterback because this is not your daddy's Legion of Boom. The Seahawks are giving up a lot of production through the air. Um, They've actually been giving up a lot of production basically everywhere. But through the air in particular, we saw what the Buccaneers did to them last week. And while, I mean, nobody's going to mistake San Francisco's offense for the Buccaneers' offense, uh, at least at at the receiver position, Emmanuel Sanders has given them real life at the wide receiver position. So he is a high-end wide receiver receiver two for me this week George Kittle is a slam dunk top three tight end and I'm actually starting to feel all right about Debo Samuel I know he dropped a touchdown I know he did but he got seven targets he gives them some explosiveness he is kind of a lower end guy you could consider this week so Sanders lock him in Kittle lock him in Debo Samuel kind of a low end uh Flex option, wide receiver three, if you need him this week. I love Jimmy as a streaming quarterback coming off the best game of his career last Thursday night against Arizona. 
And in the backfield, Breida and Coleman, I still consider Coleman the better option. Breida looked better last week, but both of those guys can be in consideration for your lineup with so many teams on by. Joe, you have outdone yourself again. That was outstanding. Almost as outstanding as getting 50% on whatever money you deposit at betonline.ag. 50%. Pretty freaking awesome if you ask me. Betonline.ag. The promo code is podcast1. And you get a 50% welcome bonus. Plus, once I win this podcast1 Sportsnet Challenge, I get to put $100 into five of your accounts which is pretty, pretty nice. Other than that, make sure you check out Andrew Brandt on today's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. A lot to discuss there with the L.A. London Chargers, the co- the owner for the Chargers getting kind of fired up. We discussed that, as well as the Even Money Podcast. Other than that, totally stuff. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.